0: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data Data from your live streams. So, if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out Podmetrics.co. Once again, that is Podmetrics.co, and sign up for free. So, whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode one On Deck with Stan C. On this show, I want to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And for this week's episode, I've got another one of my former radio partners, Cheska Letonkalau, joining me on the show. This week's episode is going to feel a little bit different compared to all the other episodes that I've got on this podcast because one, I open up a little bit more than I usually do about my own story and my own perspective. And two it's not necessarily about her radio career in the sense of how did you get started, how did you get trained, blah, blah, blah. It was really more of life lessons. And what you'll notice about our conversations is they're not very different from our real conversations when the mics are off in the radio station or when we're hanging out over lunch or over a couple of beards or whatever. So It's a very unfiltered conversation that I'd like to think we don't get a whole lot in the entertainment industry, especially locally. Now, not a lot of people are willing to be so candid yet as to pull back the curtain and break down the facade that they try to show everybody on the outside. So I hope that you enjoy this episode between me and Cheska and the musings that we have because really... These are the things we talk about when we're chatting on uh, on social media or when we used to be able to see each other in real life, kind of like the rest of the world pre-pandemic. Before I get to my conversation with Cheska, let me tell you really quickly about one of our shared advocacies, and that is voter registration. Yes, you pueden maging choosy, and the first step to doing that is to be a registered voter. You can check out iregistro.comelec.gov.ph, that's the letter I, then the word registro.comelec.gov.ph, and you can start the process of becoming a registered voter. You'll still have to go to the Comelec office, but at least the online portal can help make it a bit easier on your end. So go ahead, maging choosy, be a registered voter in time for 2022. Another way you can help the country right now is by supporting the families and communities that were hit the hardest by Typhoons Rolly, Quinta, and Ulysses. Yes, they still need your help, and that's why Podcast Network Asia has the initiative hashtag PodcastUnited. And you can donate and be a part of it by going to pymy.co slash PNA4 Typhoon. That's pymy.co slash the letters PNA, the number four, and the word Typhoon. You can select how much you want to donate from there and then click buy it now and pay via your credit card or your debit card or even using your Paymaya wallet. It's available for both local and foreign transactions so anyone who wants to be a part of Podcast United can be a part of it. So please share your blessings with our brothers and sisters who are still in need in the aftermath of Typhoons, Rolly, Quinta, and Ulysses. One last thing before I get to my interview with Cheska and that is... One of the ways you can keep supporting On Deck and that is through your online shopping. And in the time of the pandemic, online shopping has never been stronger, so you can actually use that online shopping to power this podcast by using my Lazada affiliate link. It's that easy. Just go to tinyurl.com/ondeckxlazada. Again, that's tinyurlcom xlazada. Click on that, it'll take you straight to the Lazada app where you can finally hit checkout and from there, every item you buy that gets delivered to your doorstep, PNA and I make a little commission out of that to help keep this podcast on the internet. So if you love the show, please do me a solid and use the affiliate link as you check out your items from Lazada. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada, it'll go a long, long way towards me being able to keep telling the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. On to my guest for this week, it's my favorite MTV VJ and courtside reporter, Cheska Litton-Calao is on deck. I've been very excited to do this episode because I'm reuniting with another one of my former partners here on DECK. She was with me for a little over a year on wave 89.1, and I'd like to think that I spent much of that year trolling her like an annoying little brother every morning. So you can imagine double the intensity, double the annoyance, kasi saying aga aga. And then there's me like uh, a monkey on your shoulder. But you know, she managed to agree to give me an hour of her time. So let's welcome Cheska Liton on deck. How's it going, partner?
1: I miss your early morning gripe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I also miss you coming in and making a funny face after having smelled whatever funky smell there was in our good old
1: booth. Ah, Wave Rat.
0: Yes. <laughs> RIP Wave Rat. RIP Old Wave Booth. I think I told you that um, before we were. I you know.
1: went on the na, na. That's crazy. Wave was
0: relocated. Yeah, I haven't been there for obvious reasons.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: So it's one of the reasons then why I have the old wave background. So it's a Zoom and wherever else I, I appear. So there. How have you been? Like, you know, uh I I think the last time I saw you in person was right around a year ago when I dropped by your place for Tikoi or something.
1: Yes, that was a little in like it's been crazy. Obviously, 2020 was not exactly the best year for most of us. I don't know if there are some people out there who actually enjoy 2020, but in my case, it was pretty quiet, as was yours, I'm sure. But that gave me a lot of time to take care of my health because as you know, I had to resign from WAVE to handle my thyroid business.
0: (laughs) Yeah, do you want to get into that a little bit? Because I I don't think the WAVE listeners actually know for sure. And I didn't want to tell that story myself because that wasn't my story to tell.
1: Okay, uh, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism back in September 2016. And my doctor at the time was saying, oh, let's just see if meds can handle it. So from 2016 to around 2019, I was just on medication for hyperthyroidism. But at the end of the day, I still like you saw me like there will be days that I was not okay. And it just came to a point that the medications weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So my doctor recommended that we finally remove my thyroid. So I did radioactive iodine therapy. That was in January 2020. And I was... A little bit out of it for a while <laughs> because mm. my body was adjusting to losing my thyroid, and that was when I told Sarge that I just wanted to handle this first, and then I would come back when things are better. Unfortunately, when <laughs> <laughs> things got better, well, uh, there was a there was a little thing called a pandemic happening, so yeah. I was not. I was no longer able to return to Wave.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Wave had to let people go, so you know, at that rate, it's going to be—I could imagine—pretty hard to bring another person back in, even yeah, though you know, said person been... had just left a few months prior. Yeah. But yeah, seguro. Just for the average listener who probably isn't familiar with hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism, how would you best explain that as to how it affects your body?
1: So the way my doctor explained, it, because who the heck pays attention to their thyroid? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> The way my, my doctor explained it to me is that your body is the car, your thyroid is the gas. So, for example, the speed limit along EDSA is 60 to 80 kilometers per hour. With hyperthyroidism, my body was going at 120, 140 nonstop, even in my sleep. I, I have an Apple Watch and it would give me high heart rate notifications even while I was asleep. And that's why I was Yikes. always tired, uh, always tired, always exhausted and it. And I had a morning show and I had PSL at the time I was doing the half show on the PBA. So I was just gone. It was not a great moment for me health-wise. But th- the problem was when I did the radioactive iodine therapy, in this case, I shifted to hypothyroidism because walana do thyroid. So right. my body was going around 20 to 30 kilometers, like 10 kilometers.
0: So you're basically so, a sloth now.
1: Yeah basically so now i'm on medication pretty much for the rest of my life to replace the hormones that my thyroid was producing but i guess it's better than hyperthyroidism because at least i don't feel like my heart is going to explode any second so
0: oh yeah, yeah. it yeah. sounds way better than your heart giving up <laughs> I'd rather you be tough. a sloth than you know not around. Yeah. So the
1: problem is the weight gain, though it's a struggle. It, it it sounds like a really shallow petty thing, but it it really is a struggle.
0: I mean, I, I can't tell. You still look like the same old checklist that. I
1: thank and, you. Uh, spent
0: over a year within the booth. I gotta <laughs> ask though, like, given that experience, now uh, you your body couldn't seem to settle down or uh, or even rest. How did you handle a morning show? Nakalangang energetic ka. Nakailangan maylama yung utak mo, and then you would run to do PSL, which is volleyball. And mm-hmm. then on Sundays, you do PBA. And then when the hosting gigs would come along, yep. you'd incorporate those into your schedule as well.
1: It just boiled down to me loving what I do. I looked forward to going to the radio show. I looked forward to covering the games. I looked forward to doing the half-hand show in the PBL. I looked forward to hosting events. That was just something. It, it, I've been doing this for ninety-four. years. What a vet! It's just the love for the work, the love for the job. I love talking to people. Yes, even you, Stan, with your early morning gripes. I, I look forward to having our little chats in the booth off-air and on-air. But, I mean, let's be real here. The off-air talks were a, lit, a little bit more juicy.
0: <laughs> oh, they, they were so much better. A lot of the things he said <laughs> when the mics are off are not for consumption. Not even on a podcast because of nope. all the names that both- you uh, dropped aside from me, lang ako, the, the names that you dropped and the stories involving those people. My God, people would pay good money for those stories. I'm sure, but you know, um, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you and me, most of you. So let's talk about those 19 years then. And I don't mean to make you sound old, and I call you legend. Oh, it's okay. I've, I've already accepted that I am. Oh. oh, great. Wonderful. I, I I, didn't have to get into it. So, uh, you know, you, you've you been at this for 19 years, but you got into radio a few years into your broadcasting career. Like, established personality by then. You'd done MTV. You'd uh, appeared on magazine covers and done so many TV shows over, over that span of time. What made you decide to give radio a try?
1: Because I had never tried it. I've, okay. Like, I had always wanted to do radio. And then I was presented with an opportunity because... The, the owner of MTV Philippines at the time decided to open a radio station. So we left MTV Philippines, I think, 2006, 2007. And then mm-hmm. by 2010, U92 was born. And then they contacted the old MTV DJs. And of course, we all signed on. We were all looking forward to working with each other again. And that was a learning, another learning experience for me because again once again i had never done radio i didn't know what the heck to do in front of a board i didn't know, yeah. i didn't know how to segue songs properly but i love because i love music i can't live without music if i if mm-hmm. i drive and i'm stuck in traffic like music is basically my own company yeah, and yeah. listening to obviously like radio dj's have their banter on air that would add a little bit more flavor to the drive so I wanted to know what that was like. And I got to try that when I signed with U92, which unfortunately was a rather short-lived radio station.
0: It was, yeah. um, So short, I never got around to try listening to it. So all I really have are the accounts from, from people like you who did get to work for mm-hmm. U92. But I want to know about the adjustment process. Because by that point, You'd been used to being on TV, working with mm-hmm, a crew yes. You've got a director, you've got production assistants, producers, yes. writers Taking care of so many different things And then you get into radio where you're basically all of those people mm-hmm. in one person Handling a 3-4 hour show So what was that like for you?
1: Well, first we had we had our pet, Miss Eileen oh, We called her Ninja because she would just pop up out of nowhere <laughs> But we had not being biased or anything, but we had a really good lineup. I was with Casey Montero, who I had worked with in MTV. Sarah Meyer was also there. Mark Abaya was there. Vicky Herrera, Ari Neiman, The Brew Rat, Shadow Mayor's Peace. He was so Mm -hmm. fun to be around. And the biggest problem that I had was verbalizing my thoughts in the sense that when you're on TV or when you're hosting live, your facial expressions already say so much. And let's be mm-hmm. really—I have very—I have really expressive eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, no they can, shit. They can bug out whenever they want to. I can raise my eyebrow. I I can do a lot of things with my face, but on radio that doesn't translate. So no. I had to learn to just say exactly what I was thinking. But then obviously, I, you couldn't say exactly what you were thinking because sometimes it can get you in trouble. So you had to get in your brain before getting it out yeah. that was my that was my biggest hurdle and then of course uh songs properly mm-hmm. so the software the software that they had at u92 was different from the software that they had in wave yeah so in u92 there were bars that you could just move and adjust according to when you wanted the next song to come in in Wave, obviously, it was a little different. You had to keep clicking, clicking. <laughs> right. So that was also another thing.
0: What was the training experience for you then? Because it was a brand new skill that you had to learn. And did it ever cross your mind that, come on, I'm already on TV. Why do I have to learn this shit? Or parang, how many people does it take to do this job? Why can't there be a producer or a tech person handling this and that? And just let me be the personality on air?
1: There was definitely a crash course on how to be a DJ. Ryan Armamento was basically our station manager pretty much at the time. He was the one who would... We had, instead of the libraries... Obviously, there was a library, but he said, Like a physical library? There were different colored cards. So there was Uh blue, blue for slow, yellow for medium, and red for fast. okay. So he would just shuffle the cards and be like, all right, so just pick a card and then you can line up that song. And then there was a clock that obviously Sarge also gave us. Start off with a fast song, slow down until you close the hour with a slow song, that sort of thing. So it was also kind of that system, but we had to sift through the cards because those were the new songs that we had to play and the obviously older songs. But once you played that song, you had to put the card at the very end so you can only choose from the cards, like, up front.
0: So, so to contextualize yeah. this for listeners, because at Mellow, where I used to work, we did have a system din with the cards. Oh! So that really helps with rotation. So the reason why the mm-hmm. cards are being used and shuffled around and put in different spots on a physical shelf is so umiikot yung kanta literally yeah. throughout the different schedules and that you don't hear the same song at the same time played by the yes. same DJ Every single time. So yunyon, um, that's a, that's um a bit of inside baseball for you.
1: There you go. Spilling <laughs> radio C.
0: <laughs> well, that's the point of the podcast. It, it it has been a month since I know, since day one. So you mentioned that U92 had a very short-lived run. Wh- yes. why w- why did it end so quickly?
1: I think it was sold to they uh-huh. they wanted to do an AM style Radio frequency on FM,
0: which became News FM, yes. as it is right now.
1: Yes, there you go.
0: So you leave you ninety two, and you know you go about the rest of your career. You continue to be in events and uh, on TV and all of that. And fast forward to what was it, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, when you found yourself on on Wave. I, I remember 2018. how it happened. Pangae, twenty eighteen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I were in this Facebook group chat back before you and I had mm-hmm. ever met. And then I saw uh, Chloe, uh, another former partner of mine, post that there was an opening. And then you had responded to it in that Mm -hmm. group chat. Mm -hmm. And then I went to your profile just to check. Ah, Cheska. parang si Cheska to, And I check it out. Oh my god, wow, it is Cheska Liton. What the hell? Why does this woman want to work with us? So from my perspective, like you were already this established, successful personality. You didn't need Wave. And you certainly didn't need this early morning time slot. That I had gone through where you'd have to wake up at such an ungodly uh, hour (laughs) to do what? A new show at like 5 a.m. where no one really was listening. So I'm not saying this to shit on Wave or the time slot or the job, right? Because I still work at Wave and I can say this because I went through the time slot. (laughs) So my question for you, my friend, is why did you want to subject yourself to that?
1: I needed to get my groove back. When you're on radio, you know this Then you have to talk and you have to talk with sense. You, you have to find a rhythm when you speak. You have to know your timing, even when introducing songs or that sort of thing. But I left for a while, for a little bit. I was in the States for a few months and uh, I resigned from CNN Philippines in 2016. And then I would do the odd hosting job here and there. I had no problems with that, but I knew there was something else with how I delivered because if you don't practice then you, it's not it's not going to be you anymore because you're struggling to remember what it's like to deliver lines properly to host properly to let your personality shine through properly because in your head you're struggling making sure that and it shouldn't be like that that's the whole point of hosting you're, you're supposed to have this great flow and that's why people will listen to you and I lost that. I knew I lost. Even when I was, I was already with ESPN5 at the time, I was already doing the PSL. Even during uh, doing courtside, I was not thrilled at all. I stumbled where I shouldn't have stumbled. I was having trouble with certain things on camp. And that pissed me off to no end because I knew I could be better. I knew I, like, I knew I had been doing it for so long but I wasn't doing it right. So I had to find a way to get myself back in my groove. And that to me was radio.
0: What gave you the idea though that radio would be the, the playground where you could experiment and you know try to get that groove back?
1: Because I had to rely on my words. Not my face. Not my gestures. Not anything. I had to rely on my words.
0: So, you came in <laughs> and you had that uh, conversation with uh, with Sarge, our station manager. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm sure he was upfront with you now. We're not going to be able to pay yeah. you yung limpak-limpak na sweldo. We're not going to be able to... Limpak-limpak. may masa element na
1: And
0: I- I'm sure he also uh, was very straight up about the time slot. So, how did you take that information in?
1: You know... I came in with a purpose, I was applying with a purpose, and I wanted to achieve that purpose. So whatever, whatever it entailed to get the job done, then I would take it.
0: So take me through this experience from your point of view, Jung. Uh, you have your you have your career as a host. Sometimes events would last into the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would end at like 10, 11 PM, maybe midnight. Uh, Pag worst case scenario, and then you would have to wake up the following morning to do a news show at five AM. So, <laughs> what was that like?
1: You should have seen my alarm. So my first my first week or two, joy uh, doing Head Start.
0: Yeah, the Head Start. Yes, okay, I
1: was like, oh my god, I forgot the name of
0: the book. Um, yo, yo, Quick story, quick story. The Head Start is a name that my mom came up with. So she actually serious? came up with that name. Yes, yes. Because I used oh my to do that show, right? and, and Sarge told uh, me and my former partner at the time, Sarah, uh, he was like, oh, go come up with a name and whatever. So my mom came up with the Head Start. So anyway, <laughs> in lang. Cool.
1: Yeah, uh, the first week or two of the Head Start, I kid you not, my alarm was 2.30 a.m., 45 a.m., 3.00 a.m.,
0: 3 3.15, 3.20, Jesus Christ.
1: No, because I, I am not a morning person. You know this. I am not mm-hmm. a morning person. It was only because I was forced to wake up early every single day that I kind of developed a habit already. But if you leave me without an alarm, I would not show up. And I hate being late. I really, truly, honestly hate being late. So if I came in early, that would be better for me because the first week, I would come in at around three and just try to figure out, the like lining up the songs and the commercials. And I was so paranoid because I didn't want to miss any commercials because they would kill me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It tapered off. I mean, obviously, at a point, I would show up like quarter to five, which was...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which was the bare minimum. Yeah,
1: you know yan. So at least, at least, like at by the time that I was comfortable enough in my skills, quote unquote. Yeah. I I didn't I I would wake up at around four, and just make sure that I was there by quarter to five.
0: So I remember uh, when you uh, had first joined us, I was already doing the morning show, the y- y- takeover, mm-hmm. and. I remember having met you and you'd be like, oh yeah, I've been here since 3 a.m. So yep. my first impression was, number one, wow, this woman is perky. And two, wow, this woman gives a shit. Because <laughs> it was a 5 a.m. show and for you to show up two hours in advance for a two-hour show, therefore spending double the amount of time you had to spend in that booth, it, it showed commitment, papano. so it showed that you cared about Not screwing up, which is exactly what you had said earlier. And to me, that meant a lot because I didn't think that you needed the job. You know what I mean? And this is not a knock on you. It was more of parang, I knew you were good enough to be somewhere else. But you were with us. And to me, that was a big deal.
1: I love working at WAVE. I wish I could work at WAVE again. I love being around music. I love being around you guys. Uh, But also, you have to remember that the second you put your name on something, you better make sure it's fucking good. It's your name. That's the whole point. You're building your own name.
0: Where where does that mentality come from? Cuz that's a that's a philosophy that I think is is lost on a lot of people. I, and you're not the first person I've heard who's given that philosophy. Like I I know Joel Torre has gone on record to say na yung name is the only thing that my papamana sa you ng parents mo. So you better mm-hmm. take care of that name and build on that name. So when you said what you said, "Hindi yun na alala ko." So for you, where does that come from?
1: Okay, first of all, uh, as much as I would like to pretend that let's say my my grandpa Johnny or even my sister, didn't have anything to do with my career. Uh, at the end of the day, people first knew me as pony Johnny. He's the brother of my grandfather, so I don't know beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my sister started hosting a few years before I did. By the time that I was in college, I was asked to audition for Hortside Reporter in the NCAA, because they knew i'm assuming because they knew i was related to these people somehow so how stupid would i be if i already had a foot in the door and just wasted that chance if i came in i mean don't get me wrong obviously i have matured over the years (laughs) I wish, I wish I was this mature this whole time, but no. Obviously, when I was younger, I made a lot of mistakes. I thought I knew everything. Um, I wasn't as patient or whatever. But now that I'm older, you know, you come to realize you are given certain opportunities, whether or not you are related to people or you've done things that made people take notice of you. But it's one thing to get noticed. It's a completely different thing to be able to stay. And I will never, ever, ever take that for granted. I love what I do. I've been able to do it for 19 freaking years. So that's why if I'm going to put my name on something, I learned eventually. If I'm going to put my name on something, I better make sure that I do a good job. Obviously, there are moments that stand out to me when I know I could have done better. And to this day, I still kick myself for it. I let external factors get the better of me. But the whole point is to pick yourself up, make sure that it doesn't happen again.
0: Those are life lessons already. I mean, uh, the yeah. 19 years, they speak for themselves, right?
1: You're so old.
0: <laughs> Again, these are things I'm not even saying anymore. Like, you're just bringing them on yourself, man. So.
1: okay. I've accepted it.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> so, just to take it back to uh, me having met you. So nagulat tako, right? Like, oh, okay, you know, um, she cares about this job, which is pretty cool. And then I started listening to the stuff that you talk about. And I was like, oh, that's that's a lot of the things I would talk about on air as well. And then I saw your Twitter and I'm like, oh, cool. Our, uh, the way we think is pretty much aligned as well. I, I like this person. And low-key, I was like, I wonder if there would be a chance that uh, we'd get to work together more closely, and then fate has a funny way of uh, working its magic. Uh, oh, my. my partner's left, <laughs> and you ended up on the morning show with me. <laughs> so I gotta say, like I've been with different partners that in over the years, but you were the, probably the quickest one that I had just meshed with. And I, I know myself; I'm very self aware in that. in over over my time in the industry, I'm not the easiest person to work with. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> So I I have to say on the record, it's so it it blew my mind that you were just like boom, let's go. We were we were running <laughs> at one hundred. We there was no warming up.
1: Um, first of all, I think you do need to give yourself more credit. Second, you you gave me you gave me the respect that is due any partner.
0: No, because you're a fucking legend. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I literally just said you gave me respect. That was a little bit much. But anyway, you—how do I explain? You are very opinionated. We know that, but also you never wanted to have a bad show. During my off days, or the whoever partner you work with, you would always point out, like, "Oh, that segue didn't work. Oh, maybe next time you can you can start talking at this point." Or, you know, just pay attention, like, count the number of beats before the the <laughs> lyrics kick in. I had done radio before, but it was eight years after. Yeah. That You're going to forget I, some stuff. Yeah, I forgot so many things. But it was also another wake-up call that, hey, just because you did this before doesn't mean you know everything. And you were reminding me of the little things that turned out to be big things that I forgot.
0: Okay, hold on. Before we head over to the rest of the episode, I'm sure you're probably wondering how I'm able to collab with brands here on deck. Well, it's really simple. I use Podmetrics. So if you have a podcast, you can sign up now at podmetrics.co. That's P-O-D-M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot C-O and use my referral code on deck. That's one word, All caps, O-N-D-E-C-K. And hey, it's a great way to help support the show as well. And if you're an advertiser and you want to collab with me here on deck, then I'm not going to stop you. In fact, you can head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. That's Podmetrics for you. The easiest way to monetize your podcast. Interesting, like like what little things at, at, uh, uh, um, This is actually tickling my curiosity Or piquing my curiosity
1: Talking before the lyrics kick in
0: Oh, okay So that those was, little things, like, like techniques
1: Yeah like, I
0: already
1: know that uh-huh. I that And then I completely forgot and then you reminded me. So I became a little bit more conscious about making sure, hey, he's going to start singing at this point. So,
0: <laughs> what, One of the things that I remember from us having worked together is how it felt like oh, a radio show in general feels like you're driving a car. So if you're the person who's lining up the music mm-hmm. and you're controlling everything from the technical standpoint, it's like you're the driver. Or as we say in the industry, you're the pilot or the anchor. And then every time I would have a partner who would be taking care of the technical side it's like they're driving but I always have these instincts in me to be a backseat driver mm-hmm. and I'm sure I was with that with you a lot of the time yes, as well. You were. <laughs> so but but I'll I'll never forget how you know the technology just would not be on our side, and you would start panicking. Like your eyes would bug out, and you'd look at me like, "Help!" And then even worse, hindi ka makapagsalita because we we're on the mic already, and you're like, "Crap! I need you here, Stan, but I don't know how to tell you." And then, seguro, I think like, after the first couple of times, I knew when you gave me that look, it was the <laughs> time to like run right beside you, literally, and then fix everything.
1: Yes, my eyes—they really tell stories.
0: <laughs> oh yes, they—they they tell complex novels with entire expositions so, and all that.
1: But one one moment, oh my gosh, one moment that I really remember from our uh morning show days, I did a particularly good segue. And then as soon as I turned off the mic, uh, when the mic was off, you just went, like, "Pot lang segue mo, gago." Said, <laughs> wow! ko <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the severe and me coming out, and you know I'm sure you've met many of my ilk. That's really how we talk, right? But like <laughs> to me, that was earnest and sincere. Na tang ina gago, sobrang galing ng segway yon. It was like in sports, right? Like you make a crazy ass logo three, and then it went in swish. Tang ina ang gago. <laughs> So yeah, those, those were some of, the, uh, some of the highlights. Like I remember a lot of the other end, like how, how the booth for us was a real safe space. And yeah. what a lot of people probably don't realize about people who work in radio is that to us, it's like a sanctuary, yung station. And then when you're able to find a partner now, you really just get along with, and then you can keep having conversations off mic after you've had them on the mic. It's, it's a very special feeling. And I've been around long enough to know when it's that level of special versus when it's, you know, like any other partnership. And I I think I was able to achieve that with you just because of all these conversations we had inside that booth. And to me, those are some of my favorite memories in the industry because I got to flesh out myself as a person with someone else. And to me, that meant a lot.
1: I hope I was able to make an impact on your life in some way, even if it was just like a little over a year, because I... I mean, I, as much as possible, I try to be empathetic. Not just sympathetic because I do have my own experiences sure. that you know about that we've talked about off air as well. Uh, so when you started opening up to me, there were some aspects that I felt I could at least extend the hand. Like, hey, I kind of went through something like that before. Right. So if you go down this rabbit hole, this is what might happen to you. And I, I hope, that I made sense. I hope that I at least nudged you into a better place. I I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm not dead yet, so I'd like to think so, you know. Wow. <laughs> no, okay. So to, to contextualize this, I think this is as much na- as much opening up on the podcast as I've ever done. But I've had experiences with uh former co-workers in radio that um started off really well and then, you know, ended up not being very good. And when I look back on those experiences, I felt like it was because I'd opened up too much. So when I entered WAVE, yung, yung uh, mentality ko was, I'm going to keep all these people within arm's length. I'm not going to open up to anyone. I'm going to try to not be their friend. I'll just be their co-worker. Tapos. Clock in, do your work, get the fuck out. And then uh, right around the time that you came in, I'd begun opening up to Chicky and Chloe, who I was already friends with even before Mello, so she doesn't count technically. But Chicky, who I just met at WAVE, I was just beginning to open up to her and then she left now for her successful TV news career in One News. I mean, congratulations to mm-hmm. Chicky, right? But you know, I was like, okay, great. I just opened up to this one new friend and now she's gone. And then you come along. And my initial thoughts were, crap, now I'm gonna have to open up to someone else again. So so yunnipinangaling ko why it was kind of also hard for me to get to a place of comfort and why that place of comfort is something I really cherish. Because of the, the bad experience I had to get over to get to that point. I mean, isn't it
1: usually
0: trial and error though? I wouldn't With say so. I, the I would say you uh, open up to? Mm, I don't know. Uh, uh this is a very meta conversation and uh, not uh, the one the one we're having right now. Because <laughs> when, when you get in radio diba, right? uh personality mo it comes out, but there, uh let's be honest here, there's a filter it, Like that's not the real you. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. go on air, right? Like of it, it's a side of you, but it's not the real you. You still
1: so... have to be professional. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of uh, things to us that we can't say and we can't mention on air. But like what what I appreciated from our time together is that, parang the filters just disappeared. Or if ever they were filters, they were filters that you and I built together because we gotta be professional. Mm-hmm. You get know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I, I guess I'm I me- I, I'm mentioning this. To uh, to point out that it doesn't happen all that often in radio. It it just doesn't. You work with so many different people, man. Na uh, hindi mo alam yung magiging timpla ninyo, eh. So like on your end, have you ever had to? Ha- have you ever had these experiences? Na you're stuck with this person. God, you have to work with this person, and, and it just doesn't work. Because the timpla it just doesn't come out great.
1: Huh? That's a good question. I... It doesn't have to be in radio. Obviously. Oh, I, yeah, but um, I think you eventually learn to figure out the boundaries, how far you can, uh, like how much you can open up to a person or what kind of relationship you can have with this person. You, you might have to segregate into this person can be my friend, friend, yeah. or this person is a work friend, this right. person. Is. So learn, learn to figure out what those boundaries are. But I think as you get older, you get a feel for the kind of people that you can really have a friendship with. Because there's nothing wrong with just being work friends. You don't sure, have to authority yeah. towards each other. It's just obviously when, when shit hits the fan, you, you need to know who you can trust, who you can open up to, uh, and who will actually take care of you when you're not okay because obviously especially in our in uh, in our industry on a daily morning radio show you will not be all butterflies and rainbows every single day yeah it's not it's just not possible and the time that i was doing the morning show with you uh, there would be days that i would be completely honest and be like stan i'm not in the mood for nitpicking i'm not okay right now yeah and you actually backed off. So it takes a really good relationship to be able to say that Kailangan kita ngayon. I don't need you to bug me, I need you to actually help me out. Right. And I appreciate you for knowing when to pull back.
0: I think it also comes with experience of having dealt with passive aggressiveness, right? I, I I would I I generalize here and say and as Pinoys we're very passive aggressive. We we aren't the type to be very upfront. how you were with me is mm-hmm. how I'd like to be talked to. Na parang hey okay. man, I'm I'm not having a good day today, so okay. don't nitpick me today. I need you to carry the show today. Parang ganun, right? Yeah. So like oh, that's how mm-hmm. I like to be addressed. But most Pinoys probably wouldn't appreciate being told na eto lang gawin mo ngayon. Because uh, parang you know how we like to sweeten things? Yeah. Like, uh, we, we try to beat around the bush instead of telling people what we actually want. Okay. So, you know, we, we, we got that level of, of comfort, I guess, probably because of the empathy that you mentioned earlier. So I want to I dig into the empathy because, again, that's another thing that's pretty rare, not just even in the entertainment industry, but in general. You know, uh, at a time like this where we live in the darkest timeline, fuck, we need so much more empathy <laughs> from the people around us. And there's just not enough of it. Uh, You seem to have more of it than the average person. So where does this point of view come from?
1: Loss. Uh, I lost my mom when I was 10 years old. So I think that was a rather early age to be dealing with such a massive hit. So I think since then, I've been a lot more sensitive. Obviously, in my teens, it was a little bit more me, 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 like, why is this happening to me? Teenage angst, the emo phase, whatever. But it's also... Finding the right friends who will call you out if you're being selfish, if you're being a brat, if whatever, or who affirm, who give you words of affirmation when you need need it the most. Right. Because obviously when, when friends, when real friends tell you that, Hey, you're, you're being a little bit too selfish. Like that's not, that's not okay. And you trust these people, you love these people and you know, they love you. And you know that they honestly truly want you to be the best version of you because that's how they know you. It's also part of not wanting to disappoint my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love my dad so much. He's like the, the nicest, the kindest person I know. All my friends tell me like, I'm and dad, mo, um dad mo, and I don't want to do anything to disappoint him. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. <laughs>
0: As with most kids and their parents.
1: Um, I wish I could say that I made my dad proud all these years. But uh, mm, let's be real. I have done a lot of stupid things. So uh, sorry, Papa. But uh, also just knowing such massive pain firsthand that you don't want the people you love to feel that. That was actually explained to me by my gu- uh, guidance counselor back in the days. So, wow. So I, I went through, obviously, I went through depression. I have anxiety. Uh, I had a lot of problems when I was younger that I only figured out how to deal with when I was already in my 30s. It took a long time.
0: Asina as I ko lang is that I, I was just amazed, like, you know, with the way that you carried yourself. And to me, that was a big learning experience because I considered myself as someone who was still learning then from you in, in that way. In the same way that you told me that, oh yeah, I was learning the little things about the job from you. What I picked up from you was the little things about being a decent human being stuff like when i would tell you know hey i finally got my first sports casting gig i think uh you were one of the first people i told about that experience and uh you would tell me stuff like i began in everybody from the production assistants to your directors your writers mm-hmm. be their fucking best friends and you know compliment them and 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 whatever so these were little things related to the job that i picked up from you because you were you, you'd been there before i stepped in
1: you have to work with these people and you have to understand that as, let's say, a DJ or as a sportscaster, you come in for one radio show. You come in for one game. These people are there the whole day. The whole day. And even when they're not working in the venue, they're still working either at home, in the office, writing scripts, or making sure that na they're lights, or the, all the equipment is clean and ready to use, and that sort of thing. So... However hard we think our jobs are, however exhausted we are, these people are working so much harder than we are. So the least we can do is to make their lives a little bit easier by not adding on to their their jobs.
0: Yeah. Should I bring? A, a, I didn't immediately realize these things. Even like when I started in radio because I remember uh being a bratty 21 year old right and expecting everything to go my way uh the idea that if I'm having a bad day this other person could also be dealing with their own shit at home that didn't cross my mind until years down the track so you know um not everybody then has the patience to like explain these things you know so I think the empathy that I experienced from our time together is really that parang trying to get me to see these things from a point of view that I could digest
1: I, I do think though that it really comes with age we we all had this thing in our heads back then that uh, this is how things are supposed to be this is this is like honestly when I was younger I think I only kind of learned to calm down like in my late 20s early 30s ish like even uh not that long ago but to me, also, if you are rude, I, I'm at a point where if you are rude to me, I will find a way to answer. <laughs> no, because there was a time that I would take it. Okay. That I would just accept, like, if okay, whatever, I'm sorry, sorry. Or like, I wasn't as vocal as I should have been. Does because gender there, play a role in that? Yes. Uh, but also, if I think of certain instances from when I had just started things that people said to me and I didn't say anything back. Yeah. If those people said that to me now, believe me, you would hear a lot of crap coming from my mouth. But also I realized that I had learned to stand up for myself. Not that long ago, I was a little frazzled and I was having a hard time with something, and I asked the person that was with me, na parang sino nga ulit og because hindi ko yung names sa uh, sa monitor, it was so small. And then this person goes, mo kasi. I I snap back, but like that was one instance. But then I realized, like, whoa, I've never done that before.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I I've never done that before, but like, I obviously I felt bad that I snapped back, but also I think it was just another wake up call to me na. If binabastus ka, if bastusin ka, maybe there's also a better way to handle it instead of stepping back immediately. Right. I kinda regret that moment as well. But also, I think that's a
0: it's a simple request, <laughs> i like think. As as we wind down here, you touched on the uh, gender aspect of you know being meek, na, oh yeah, I'll just take it in, I'll keep taking it in, kahit na bordering on like verbal abuse or whatever. What what have you learned since then, especially since we live in a world where we're trying to teach our boys and girls that you know everyone can be strong and independent regardless of your gender?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: Let's go, Tita Cheska.
1: Oh. This is... Honestly, my first mentors were men. Obviously, like, Coach Maniago, may he rest in peace. Seth Starmenta, uh who... I still work with to this day. I mean, obviously not much in 2020 because of what happened, but I am still very much in contact with Sev. Along the way I've worked with so many people, obviously men, a lot of them, but I've also seen like amazing women step out and make a name for themselves in the world of sports, which is not an easy task because it's such a male dominated industry. But I've been around long enough to at least see the evolution of oh, pagsinilat natin tung babae to na aki kasi maganda siya, sexy siya. and then now you see people like Idolin Diaz, and you don't hear about people objectifying her anymore. Yeah. It, it's oh my god, it's Idolin Diaz, Olympian. It's it's more on their. side. Else, what they've achieved and that sort of thing. And I'm just happy that there was an evolution. Like, I am so grateful there was an evolution because women deserve more than that. Like, women deserve more than just being, oh, remember when Maria Sharapova would play and everyone would just like cheer for her because she's like, no, stop. It, it pisses me off also when I hear people talking about volleyball players. Now, oh, see, si ganito, maganda kasi, sexy yan, gini, yan cheer natin yan, favorite yan, kasi uh, siya yung pinakasexy support. Hey, no. no. They, I'm sure, yes, they are beautiful. They are, they're fit. They're, they've, you know, they catch your attention because, okay, let's say physically, they are pleasing to the eye. But please look beyond that. They are on the court for a reason. They made it to this level for a reason. Same thing with your courtside reporters. With women in sports media Or women in any field we finally, We've finally finally seen the first female And non-white <laughs> Vice president in the United States So I hope this, this evolution continues
0: Yeah, it would be nice to live in a world Where a team wins a championship And they don't have to douse the female reporter with Gatorade
1: Oh, I've actually never experienced that Good for you. Uh, my time in the PBA, I we weren't allowed in the dugout during championships.
0: You as in the courtside reporters. Yes. Uh, wow.
1: I, I think that has changed since. But again, I was a courtside reporter 2008 to 2010. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. So it depends on the network. It depends on their policies. But of course, I they they do protect their talent.
0: Last couple of questions since we're we're about to wind down here. What's your biggest takeaway from your brief cups of coffee in in radio? Since this is still a radio podcast. So like your biggest takeaways from the, I'd say, two years you spent?
1: Like there was a time that I couldn't understand. Obviously, before I got into radio, there was a time that I didn't know why People were so loyal to a show, why, why people tuned in every single day until I got behind the board myself. During my days on U92, to this day, the people who listen to my show on U92 are still my friends. I can't even, I don't want to call them fans, they are my friends. Uh, These are people who still constantly keep in touch with me. Even when U92 was shut down, I had listened to their problems. They graciously, even if I wouldn't talk about my problems on air, there was one listener. uh, Her name was Annie. She was in the States. And I don't know how she found U92 online, but she did. And she would listen to my show every single day. And I think she could have uh, she related to me because I talked about my mom dying and uh, from cancer. And she like one day, this huge Balik Bayan box showed up in the studio and it was addressed to me. I was like, Hola, like where is this from? And then when I opened the box, it was filled with all the stuff that I had talked about on air. Damn. So I was talking about like I wanted to read this book or that I love this candy, I love this chocolate and whatever. And Everything that I had talked about was in that box. And then every time she would fly home to the Philippines, I would meet up with her even at, just at the airport. And she would fly, uh, like her layovers from Manila to Iloilo, her province. And that relationship kept going until she got diagnosed with cancer herself. And I, she passed away a couple of years ago. And I remember sending flowers to her house like a few weeks before she passed because she already messaged me saying, like, hey, I might not be able to reply as much anymore. Like, thank you so much for being my friend and whatever. So she passed her sister, messaged me when she passed away. That to me is like the relationships that I built doing radio, not just with fellow DJs, not just the people I worked with, but like the people who actually took the time to listen to me every single day and pay attention to what I said. It will always treasure that. And why am I being so emotional? Oh my god!
0: No, I, I, I'm, I'm not judging you at all. You know, it's uh This is not the first time you told me that story. Yeah. yeah. And it it hits different every time. It just does. Yeah. You know? So
1: like do you, I don't think we actually realize the power that we have on air to make someone's life better. So. To me, like those moments, like the the moments that I am on air, the moments that I have the mic in front of me, I don't want to take that for granted anymore because again, I've met the most amazing people. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> quite the, no, no,
0: that, that's quite the takeaway. That was powerful as shit. Holy crap. You know, as I uh as I end this uh this little reunion of sorts for us in in a public space, since you know, we we chat regularly anyway. I just gotta say <laughs> I just gotta say on record that I'm really happy that things worked out the way they did with us on Wave. I was really unsure how it would go, but um, that's the thing about setting these low expectations. When they are when they are exceeded, they're exceeded swimmingly well, <laughs> and I, I, I'm really happy. I'm really happy that we got to form a genuine friendship and that we continue to stay in touch and be in each other's lives, you know, a pandemic, notwithstanding. I know. And I just appreciate everything that you've shared with me, uh, both professionally and personally, because these are things that I really cherish. They mean a lot to me. So thank you, Cheska. Thank you for being thank you
1: for having a me. genuine
0: human being.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I hope to work with you again someday.
0: Well, we're already in the same podcast network, right? So let's put that podcast over because uh, look at you migrating to the podcasting world now.
1: I know. <laughs> it's crazy. But yes, uh, I am on Off the Record with Mix Bustos. Uh, it was funny because he just messaged me out of the blue. Like, hey, I was just wondering. I was like, I oh, know, host together. He's like, oh, how do you know? I was like, okay. <laughs> so uh, yes, we have episodes that come out weekly as well. Thank you,
0: PMA. <laughs> so uh, it comes out Mondays, right? Tamaba. Uh,
1: we actually do the live stream every Monday. Uh, I think our podcast comes out every Wednesday, March
0: course. Every uh, Monday and Wednesday, of course, brought to you uh, also on Podcast Network Asia. And let's let the listeners know as well about the advocacy you do uh, for Tuesday Tuesday.
1: Oh, yes. So, uh, with former Comalec uh, Chief Goyola Razabal and Pia Magalona, uh, I am on this live stream every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Facebook.com slash Goyo Pinoy. And it's called Tuesday Tuesday. It's voter education. We talk about anything and everything leading up to the elections in 2022. We've had uh, James Jimenez, the current uh, spokes- uh spokesperson. Uh, we've had so many people, guests on the show, even Boyat Season wanted to join in, Gang Badoi. um, all these people who, like, again, we don't tell you who to vote for. That is your right. But please register to vote. You can go to uh, uh, You still, No matter what, you still have to go to the Comelec office in your municipality. But you can make your lives easier by registering online. Just fill out the form. But you have to do the biometrics when you go to the Comelac office. Don't worry. Uh, They're also closed every Friday. So they're open Monday to Thursday. Thank you for... (laughs) No,
0: no, no. I got to say thanks because I do that spiel at the top of the podcast every fucking week. Oh,
1: nice. (laughs) And
0: uh, you just did it for me this week. So thank you. (laughs) So there, uh, check those out. Uh, Where can our listeners follow you?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It is at Checklit. And then you can go to Facebook. Just search for... Litton, that is my public page but I really need to change the URL because right now it's facebook.com slash Chescaholics I, I will never forget that I'll I never let you live that down I, like, I didn't make the page okay I was surprised by uh, a group of wonderful people who made the page for me Chescaholics like, obviously 2000 yeah so 2009 2010 and I found out about the page months after they made it so thank you so much to the Chescaholics I appreciate you guys but uh, I think I might have to change it, to, uh, try to change it to Cheska a little or something so it's easier.
0: Or to. you could wait another 11 years and another no, pandemic, no. you know, maybe wait till then. Cheska, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. I have all the love and respect in the world for you. And I can't wait for a time when you and I can find ourselves working yep. together closely again. Thank
1: you, Stan.
0: Huge thanks to my very good friend, Cheska Litankalao, for joining me on this week's episode of On Deck. And what did I tell you? Those are the types of conversations we genuinely have in real life at the radio station when the mics are off or when we're hanging out outside of work. I've always loved these conversations and I wanted to bring them to the podcast just so you could have a sneak peek at what we're really like when the mics are off. So it's a different side to... Me and my partners, you've heard that with Chris, with Chloe, and with Debbie, and now with Cheska. So I'm really happy that you got to see that through the podcast. Or, you know, hear it, because it's not a video show. Anyway, before I get out of here, I gotta say thanks to everybody who's been using my Mr. Speedy promo code. And you can still keep using it to get 50 pesos off your first Mr. Speedy delivery. That's right. 50 pesos. Sobrang laking discount nun for your courier's. And Mr. Speedy's got the most affordable same-day delivery rate of five pesos per kilometer. So please take advantage of this right now. Use my promo code, MrSpeedyStan. That's M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N for 50 pesos off your first delivery from MrSpeedy.ph or their app, which you can get on the App Store, Google Play, or the Huawei Mobile Gallery. Now, this offer is still available here in Metro Manila as well as Cebu, Davao, and all nearby provinces. So once again, use my promo code MRSPEEDYSTAN right now. Another way you can keep supporting On Deck through your online shopping is by using my Shopee affiliate link. That's right, I've got one for Shopee as well. So if you're about to hit checkout, please click on my Shopee affiliate link first. It's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. That's tinyurl.com O-N-D-E-C-K X shopee It'll take you straight to the app or the site where you can check out your products. And once they get delivered to you, Podcast Network Asia and I receive a small commission to help keep the lights on. And so I can keep telling the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. So please do me a solid. This shopping season, it's tinyurl.com slash on deck X shopee right before you hit checkout. Speaking of things you can check out, please check out my other podcast on Podcast Network Asia called The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. It's my passion project alongside my friends Romoran and China Liao, and we've been doing it for about seven years now. And this Thursday, we've got Jake Cuenca. Yes, that Jake Cuenca joining us at 7 p.m. live on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod so we can break down the 2021 Royal Rumble. It's one of the biggest events for us wrestling fans, and... It's such a huge get to have Jake Cuenca back on the show. So join us on Thursday at 7 p.m. on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. Or you can check out the audio version on Spotify or wherever else you get your major podcasts. One more thing you can check out is personalized video messages from shoutout.com. It's the local version of those personalized videos that you've been seeing celebrities do for the people that request for them. You can actually order them from shoutout.com. That's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com. Hell, I'm on it. So are my friends from the wrestling business like Ro, Jake DeLeon, Ken Warren, and my friends from MSG, Chris Panzer, and Main Max. You can check us out over there or you can also order a shoutout on Lazada. So just type shoutout, that's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T on Lazada and you can get a personalized shoutout for you or your loved ones right now. One last thing to shill before we close the book on this episode, please check out my radio show, The Morning Takeover on Wave 89.1 alongside my friend and partner, Debbie Ten. We're on air 7 to 10 a.m., Mondays through Fridays. And as always, huge thanks to Babyface Producers Nikai and Sola for putting these episodes together as well as the rest of the Podcast Network Asia team for letting me have this platform where I can bring you the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. I've got a great lineup of guests for February that I can't reveal just yet because I'm trying to arrange them in the best order possible. So yes, I've been doing my homework and I've been ordering my guests as well for the month. In the meantime, let me work on that as I end this episode. I just got to say thanks again. My name is Stan C. Thank you very much. And I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. Stay safe. Mask up. Bye-bye.